Hello and welcome to Grace Life Duras. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello, welcome back to Grace Life Doers, and uh, I'm Alicia. I'm excited to be sharing the word with you today. Grab a cup of coffee, tea, a water, whatever you like. I've got my water with me. Grab your Bible and your notebook, and we're going to get into a whole new teaching um, that I love to call good news, because that's how simple it is. Um, good news radically accepted. I am excited to be sharing this with you, so let's start with prayer and get right into it. So Father, we want to thank you for your goodness. Thank you that as we get into your scriptures that we're going to see more clearly your heart for us as your children and your heart for us when we are maybe not your children yet believing that you are God. But thank you that for both of us and for all of us, you've got a message today. And as we open our hearts to receive and listen and humble ourselves to listen to this, um, Father, that we're going to see you as we may have never seen you before. So thank you for this. Thank you that we lay down all our worries, all our concerns and all our objections and stop and first listen to what you have to say to us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So um, I thought of a way to actually explain to you, to shortly share my story, because I realized as I've been studying scripture more and more, I realized there's a danger that we tend to see the scripture or the Bible as nothing more than just maybe a kid's story, a children's story. And if we see it like that, that it's just stories, then none of it is real and none of it is true. And therefore, if it's not true and it's not real, it really can't impact us. Uh, no children's story can impact and transform our lives. We might love a movie like Tangled, that's one of my favorites, but it doesn't transform my life. And so we need to really know, is this the truth? And, and it is. The good news is we can research that. We can look at it. We can go and look for, for proof whether this Bible we have is accurate and we will find a lot of proof that it is. But also we need to realize that what is recorded in it is more than stories. It's actually when we, especially when we read the Gospels, where we see the, the good news being proclaimed through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus, we also need to be focused in on the reality that the people that are recorded here were real people. Matthew was an eyewitness, Mark and Luke, they were eyewitnesses. The people who we meet here are people who are real, like you and me. They've had encounters with Jesus. And um, this is this is radical. You need to read it like that. What's happening in the pages of the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and after that and before that, is happening to real people who really lived, you know? And so if you listen to my story, as a, a real person, I would, I would tell my story simply as that. Imagine that I really did like tattoos. I would have a t tattoo on my left hand, starting from my hand, running all the way up my arm, right into my heart. And that would be the story of my past. It wouldn't be a pretty tattoo. It would be very, um, very unneat. It would be very distorted because I come from quite a bad, a, a distorted and disrupted childhood life and a bad background. There was great moments in between, but I'm talking about the moments that mark your life. And right in front of my heart, if you were to imagine that it too suddenly stops and there's just this 
transformation that happened 15 years ago when I had an encounter with Jesus through somebody inviting me to church. And I actually went. I didn't want to go, but I actually went. And I heard for the first time the good news of radical acceptance. And when it hit my heart, it's like that tattoo changed. And now a new mark was upon my heart. And it was the mark that Jesus is real. He is alive and he is Lord. And not just that, but he has the power to transform our brokenness. He has the trans the power to create something brand new in our lives because of who he is. And so I walked away from that encounter unable to stay the same. And so there's a whole new tattoo running in my life, if you imagine running all over my body. Um, like, for example, choosing my husband, which was such a phenomenal mark in my life, such a beautiful mark of uh, redemption. And then my decision to move to Albania as we decided in prayer to come here, stepping into our calling. What a move, what a mark. And having my children, all of them, my natural children and those who I chose to have part of my family. And so father, so I almost started praying. So I just want to praise God for that. But I want to encourage you that as real as my story is, as real as that tattoo was, and you could walk up to me and say, tell me your story, tell me your marks, and I could tell it to you. That is how real it is when we encounter the people that Jesus encountered and when we read about their stories. So let's go to an account in Matthew 8. Now, what is interesting, if you go and look at what happens here, is that this account is not just mentioned in Matthew. It's mentioned in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So we're going to go to Matthew to see about it. Matthew 8, we're going to stick there. But you can also find the same account in Mark 1 and Luke 5 and go and look that up. And this is about a man, a leper, who comes to Jesus. And we're going to take this account, which really happened, this person really existed, and we're going to look at what happens to this man. So look here. A leper, okay, comes to Jesus. Let's read. So Matthew 8, verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. Um, and a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing... You can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go, show yourself to the priest, and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Only four verses, short, short account. However, there is much, much to be said. Whenever a writer records this more than once, so Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all record it. When they record it like this, so the writers record it um, continuously, there is a deeper truth. And we need to go after the deeper truth, especially when studying scriptures. Okay, if you don't know this account and you're new to this, welcome, first of all. Second of all, um, a leper is, or leprosy is a man who has a disease. It's called today's time, you would call it Hansen's, and it is an infection caused by slow bacteria, uh, slow growing bacteria that grows inside. Remember this? It grows inside, but it affects the outside. It affects the nerves, the skin, the eyes, the lining of the nose, and basically your whole body um, becomes infected until you die of diseases. And although it is easily to be treated today, back then it could not be treated very well, and it was considered highly contagious. Um, it was a disease. It was not due to the fact that he had done something wrong. It was a bacteria that was growing inside, and then it started to show on the outside. 
Now, what did the people back then do with people who had leprosy? Well, after a lot of like kind of testing it, first they would just be separated for a few days, but after that, if it didn't leave, they would be separated completely from um, the, the community they were in. So in Leviticus 13, verse 45 to 46, you can go and read about it. As for the leper who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn and his hair of his head shall be uncovered and he shall cover his moustache and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Now this sounds harsh today, but this is because there was no medicine to deal with the situation back then. Now, because of his condition, he could not stay around people who were clean. He could not experience community or fellowship with them at all. Although he did have a community, especially by the time Jesus had arrived outside of Jerusalem, if you go and read some extra biblical material, you would see that there were these laborer communities, but they were all living outside of the city. And this, he did have a community, but they all had the same disease. And he couldn't have communion. They could not have any fellowship or relationship with those who were considered clean. In fact, anytime he wanted to go into the city, he would have to shout out continuously, unclean, unclean, so people wouldn't touch him. He could not find a job to support himself. And if he had a family, he lost his family. He was forced to live outside the city where he could be in danger of any attack of any sort. For example, if they were ever to attack Jerusalem, the, the lepers would be the very first ones to die. If he did get sick of any other disease, he could not go and seek any medical help because nobody would see a man like him. And he could not bring his sacrifices to God, which was an act of worship in those days. He was completely excluded from entering into the temple. This disease wasn't caused because of his doing. Once again, it was a disease, a bacteria inside. Notice how he is never named. Nobody, he doesn't, we don't see a name for him. He's just called the leper in all three accounts. Okay. What is the deeper truth we can get from this? Well, first of all, this account is showing us that this is actually a picture of the condition of mankind outside of relationship with God. There is nothing mankind can do to fix itself. If you don't have God living inside of you through Jesus, then it's exactly like having leprosy. It's a disease. It's a bacteria. The good you do can't make you better before God, and the bad you do can't make you worse before God. It just makes your life worse. This is the condition of mankind outside of receiving salvation. There might be things you... Um, you think you're doing good, but outside of receiving God's way of making you right with himself, nothing you do is good enough. In fact, it says in Isaiah 64 verse 6, the, the prophets say that for all of us have, have become like one who is unclean, all, and all our righteous deeds are like filthy garments, and all of us wither like a leaf, and our inequities like the wind take us away. No one is excluded from that. Not the good, not the bad. Why? Because our sinful nature, the nature, the sinful cut off nature is the, the cause of our problem. It is like a bacteria disease that's eating away at our life. And it excludes us from having fellowship with God the way that God wants to and the God, way that we need to have fellowship with him. And so um, this is for you if you don't believe yet. This shows you just the spiritual condition of your life right now. So things are going wrong because of that. 
But if you are a believer, there's also a deeper truth here that you might be struggling with things in your life where you feel like this is just who you are. It doesn't necessarily have to be sin. It can be anything, a personality trait or something you struggle with. You might be too shy to share your faith with your friends. You might be quick to anger. You might be actually struggling with a form of addiction as a believer. And you have made this your identity, just as this man is called the leper. You might be saying, "You, I am just like this. I am just addicted to this. I am just this, this, this. I will never change. Nothing can change me. And so watch what happens with this leper. He does something incredible. He comes to Jesus. Where does he come to Jesus? He doesn't go to Jesus secretly at night, which he most probably could have done. If not, he could have gone somewhere more private. No, no. He goes when there's a crowd of people around him. Why is this so significant? Well, if he got caught while being among those people, he could have been stoned to death. Yet he realized that the life he was living was not life at all if it was in that condition. He clearly heard something about Jesus that moved his focus from his condition to his answer. And he was willing to risk it all to go to him. It moved him into action. No matter what he heard about Jesus, if he never came, if he never found out for himself, nothing would have transformed his life, no matter what he heard. He had to decide to go. He heard Jesus was a healer, and he heard that Jesus was a healer of the ungodly, that Jesus most probably, what he heard was that this teacher, this rabbi, which is teacher, this holy man was not scared to heal those who were not. He heard that Jesus did extraordinary things, most probably and specifically for those who don't deserve it. Imagine that news getting to his heart, okay? He hears this. Now, what is the deeper truth? What we hear about Jesus really is the difference between life and death. It is extremely important what we hear and believe about Jesus. It will either lead us to life or it will push us away from the source of life. That's why we can't afford to get it wrong. If you are a believer, you need to hear and see today really who Jesus is in your life. If you're an unbeliever, I want to encourage you, don't stop looking for Jesus. If you've stopped looking for religion, hallelujah, but never stop looking for Jesus. Never. Okay, in Romans 4 verse 5, it says that God justifies the ungodly. Whoa, it's like this leper understood something about God that wasn't written in the New Testament yet. He understood that God justifies the ungodly and he was willing to risk it all to come to Jesus. Now watch what happens. As he arrives, he says to Jesus these words, if you are willing, you can make me clean. After all of this, after realizing that he could lose his life if he was going to be caught, after entering the city and maybe keeping himself secret until he got there, finally revealing himself and everybody sees he's a leper, okay? He gets to Jesus and this is what he says. He does not ask, God, I know you can heal me. He does not ask, God, can you heal me? He says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The question of his heart is not, can God do this? 
And this is the same for us today. Mostly, our question is, is he willing to do it for me? You see, this man still needed a renewed view of who God is. Many times, even as believers, we have the wrong idea of who God is. Because of what this man knew about God, he knew that he could heal, but he was not convinced that he would heal him. God might not be willing. Okay, now watch this deeper truth. There might be places in your life today, if you don't, if you've not received Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, there might be places that's so dark, things you've done, which is so bad, or not even things that that sin, just places you've been in your in your thoughts and in your emotions. You might be so empty that you think, I've tried it all. Nothing can fix this. You might also, on the other side, be a believer who says, I'm just stuck. You might feel that there's no way this is ever going to change. It's impossible. And possibly there's places where you feel that, God, are you even still willing to do this? Now, you are not doubting that God can, but the question of your heart is that you're not convinced he will do it for you. Watch what happens next, beloved. Jesus stretches out his hands and touches him. Jesus could have had healed this man in an instance, okay? At a distance. He had done it many times before. Yet here, with this man, he gets personal, showing us something so important. We need to remember that this man is considered unclean. And according to the laws, Whatever is unclean cannot touch that which is clean because the unclean thing will defile or contaminate that which is clean. Yet here, Jesus who is clean touches the one who is unclean and Jesus stays clean. Plus, the unclean receives that which Jesus has. Wow, isn't that incredible? God is not scared of our condition. God is not scared at where you are right now, whether you are a believer or whether you've not turned to Jesus yet. He is not moved by your condition. He is moved by compassion for you and for me. He does not see us as unclean. And now you first have to go and clean yourself up before he can do something. No, beloved. No, never. He understands that when he touches you, you get what he has, not he gets what you have. How personal. You know, I want to tell you something right now. We have a personal God. He is not a God somewhere up there in the heavens looking at us from above. I had to remind myself about this this morning, just this morning, that I don't lack anything because God is for me. God is for us. And that he is still the same God we read about in this book. He is still the same Jesus who stretches out his hand and touches us. You know, I heard a testimony several years ago about a guy who was ministering somewhere in Africa. And he was led by the pastor into a small room where a guy with leprosy was trying to, to basically die. He was lying under blankets and it stank like someone was dying. And the pastor said to this man, lay your hands on him so that he may be healed. 
And uh, the guy laid his hands on him, prayed a simple prayer for healing and walked away. And he said, as he put his hands on that man's skin, his hand disappeared into his flesh. He touched it, prayed and left. A year or two years later, he goes back to preach again. And a young man, while dressed, comes walking up to him and he says, you don't remember me, but I was that man with leprosy. And today I am completely healed. Now we know, and I know we don't live in Africa. Well, I'm African, I'm South African, but I know we don't live in countries. It's not just Africa, India. There's many countries that struggle with good health care. And I know that today leprosy is a curable thing if if um, um, uh, if we get to it quick enough and treat it um, well. However, I'm talking about something deeper. This is showing us something deeper than just a skin disease. This is showing us the reality of the mankind lost and desperate without God. This is talking about an internal issue, not an outside, not just something on the outside. Now watch what Jesus does after he touches this man. He says, I am willing, be cleansed. He could have simply said, be healed. That would have been enough. Jesus uses one one word to calm the storm. Yet here he says, I am willing. See, what he does first is he speaks to the heart of this man. Beloved, year today that God is still speaking first to your heart to say, I am willing. Just stop right now and say that to your heart. God, you are saying to me, I am willing. He says, be cleansed. Wow, wow, wow. He says to this man, I have healed you. I am healing you. What is the deeper truth here? You need to hear God saying this over and over to you every day. He is willing. I am willing. Is there something you're struggling with or something you want to see more of? Something you're believing God for? Maybe it's taken long. Maybe it's taken long mostly because it's taken you long to get there and see it. Maybe it's taken long because there's lots of other things happening. I want you to hear this today. God is still saying, I am willing. And if you will take him by his word, it can change everything. Because he is willing, you are clean. If you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, beloved, beloved, but lost child of God, you need to know God is saying to you, I am willing. I have proven myself. I have sent the answer. His name is Jesus. And if you will simply do what this man did and come to him, just come to him, come back home, repent, which means change your mind, come to him. He is willing to receive you just the way you are and transform you from one who was walking around shouting, I am unclean, from one whose life was dying from the inside out. He will touch you and make you a brand new creation, a brand new creation. He will put his spirit of you uh, in you if you will receive him as Lord of your life. Okay, if you are a believer and you've already made him Lord of your life, but you're still struggling with things, you need to know this is not your identity. You are not unclean. You are clean. You just don't realize how clean you are. I love to use this example. If you've cleaned your room and someone comes into your room and now they walk on the floor you just cleaned. Okay, and you see those marks there. What is the first thing you're going to do? You're going to shout, get out. I just cleaned you, right? But if the house or the floor is not clean, they can walk. You don't even see those marks. 
doesn't bother you. If you believe you're unclean, you will continue living unclean. But if you believe you're clean, when you see that thing coming into your heart, that thought, that idea, that temptation, you'll just go, get out. You don't belong here. I am clean. Beloved, you know how this man walked away from his encounter with Jesus? Wherever he went, whatever he did, his confession was, I am clean. Hallelujah. That is good news for all of us today. Look at Romans 8, and I want to show you this. Now, Romans was written after the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus has gone back, and Paul is writing. And in Romans 8, he writes this incredible truth, he says. Verse 32. So he's asking several questions, and one of his questions is this. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? God did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us. Whatever you might be struggling with, you need to realize today that the good news is you are radically accepted. He is willing and able to do what no man can do. He is willing to meet you in your disease, in your darkest messed up, Ness, messed upness, my new word, just as you are. But you cannot stay the way you are when you have an encounter with Jesus. You see, that same man who used to shout, unclean, unclean, now shouted, I am clean. And the only difference, like my tattoo, the only difference was that he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Today, dear friend, if you are struggling with physical sickness and disease, I want you to know that God is willing and God is able. And he, he is not the author of sickness and disease. He has nothing for you to learn through sickness and disease. When this man came to Jesus, God, Jesus' answer was not God is teaching you or this is a test of your faith. That is all teaching from the pit of hell. You need to know today your Father, your God, Jesus, who is Lord, is willing and able, and He is the one who heals always. Jesus is the perfect representation of God, Hebrews 1, verse 3, and He never pointed anyone away from their healing. So, as you go and think about this today, and as the Spirit's been ministering to your heart, you might identify some areas in the lep- in your own life that looks like leprosy. And I want you not to become consumed by that. I want you to just give it to Jesus. Look at your life and ask yourself this real question. What would that area of your life look like if you believed that Jesus was willing all the time? What if you said yes to receiving Jesus? as your personal Lord and Savior. What is stopping you? And also, ask this beautiful question, which always, always encourages me. This simple truth that I heard, this good news, how could I share it with someone this week? Just in a simple way. Because many more, many, many, many more, have to hear it. I love you. God loves you way more. And thank you for listening to this today. Let's close with prayer. Father, we want to thank you for your radical acceptance. Oh God, thank you. 
you are still saying I'm willing, no matter where we are in our lives, no matter where we are in dreaming with you for greater things, so that more people may hear who you are and see who you are. Father, no matter where we are, maybe in addictions, trapped in things we shouldn't be in, wherever people are struggling with thoughts of suicide and and addictive patterns or behaviors or maybe some who's believed that this is just their personality and they're never going to change. Father, we just thank you. I thank you today that today is the day of salvation, as Scripture declares, and today they can come to you and say, Father, I believe you're willing. Now lead me, show you and me and impact me. Touch me through your word, by your spirit, through another believer. And help me as I dig into the scriptures, as I dig into the word to see you for who you really are. So that I too may see and proclaim, I am clean, I am clean, I am clean. Thank you, Father. Amen. I want to close with this golden nugget that I forgot to share. But it's so important. You know, this Jesus says to this man, after he's clean, go and show the sacrifice to um, those so that they may see. So he asks this man to go and do something righteous. But he didn't ask this man to do it before he's healed. See, all our good works is always the fruit of being righteous, never the root. We do good because God has made us good. We don't do good to become good before God. So be loved, be whole. Uh, speak to you again, I believe, next week where we talk more and discover more about the reality of our Christian faith. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Duras area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.co.